Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Ben Tramer. And I'm George. George. Sir. Can I get a little bit of finger therapy from you real quick? Who therapy? I spent a lot of time playing Civilization today, and just like Bud, my fingers hurt. Hmm. <laughs> we watched Halloween 2, the 1981 classic written by John Carpenter, sort of, and not quite directed by him. George. Yes, sir. You watched uh, Halloween 2 just now. What is mm-hmm. your initial impression? Yeah, it was uh, some good, some, some not so good. It was, uh, it's all right. It was a movie. It was a movie. I took some notes. Ooh, notes. So Should we I. jump right into the notes then, George? If you'd like, yeah. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Let me pull up my notes on my phone. We're going to get a copyright <sighs> strike for that, but that's okay. Nah. The pull up my notes on my phone song. Classic. <laughs> pull up my what? Halloween 2. I, well, okay, so first of all, backstory, I was assigned homework. Yes. First Halloween, I had to watch at some point before watching this. So I did kind of, I watched most of the, most of it, like the night before, before I fell asleep while Mm. I was watching it. But then you got got the recap at the beginning of this one. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Before I watched Halloween 2 tonight, I watched the last 20 minutes of Halloween 1 in preparation. Just like, you know, the whole meat, the meat Mm -hmm. of the the first one I watched again. And then I pop in the second one. And it's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Again. Which was cool. Um, I like how they continue exactly from where they left off. That was cool. Um. The uh, bu- 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 okay, all right. First thing, the imprint of Michael Myers' body on the lawn was kind of corny, mm. right? Yeah, and like, it's you couldn't, it's you couldn't totally have Mandela'd in there. Like that's not in the first movie. It, it's yeah. a new thing, and it's been there for three years, which is crazy. But it's supposed to be in the next, the same night. <laughs> <laughs> they filmed it like two and a half years later. Oh, like actually physically. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So I'm thinking what would have been cool is maybe like instead of, you know, like a smushed body in the grass, like shape, mm-hmm. you know, just like zooming back and forth between Loomis's view from the balcony right, and Loomis down on the lawn, but you see him from the balcony, from the same view. So, right. like, just simple as that. Like, boom, he's there. Boom, Loomis is downstairs, and he's not there. Like, just, like, the same kind of camera angle would have done the same thing and be a lot less corny. Or just show the grass without the indentation, and we'll be fine. Yeah, oh, you, but, like... You mean the you exact could, shot they already had from the last movie that they could have just played again? Yeah, why <laughs> didn't they do that? Well, did they have a shot with Loomis downstairs, but from above, from the balcony? Like Loomis no. down on the front lawn. This no, is he looks it. out the top. You do what you did. You have the view from the balcony. He sees him laying there. Then he turns back and he's not there. Then have him come downstairs. Look again. Don't have the indentation. But yes, have blood there. So when he puts his hand to the spot, he pulls his hand up and there's blood on it. There you go. So Maybe. 
just the indentation, it bothered me back in 80, you know, 85 when I saw it for the first time. And yeah, today. I don't know that I really want the blood there, but we'll probably get into that eventually. Well, they, they establish even like five minutes later that he's bleeding because he, when he grabs the kitchen knife, he's like, he's bleeding all over her ham sandwich. Oh, yeah. No, and it sucks, yeah. uh, I think. But that's that's my <laughs> right. problem with it. Uh, George, did you notice well, the most infamous moment of this movie? Uh, seven shots heard round the world. Did you notice that? No. They goof up on the cut. And what's ridiculous is in editing, it would have been so easy to catch that there's mm-hmm. a re like they, they chose to put it in there maybe just to screw with us, but there's seven shots. And then he's like, Oh, I shot him six times, right? And it's like, Well, actually, if you were counting, <sighs> I know what you're thinking. I, you know, I didn't <laughs> notice that. And, and normally that is something that I would notice, right? Right? Yeah, that would have been in George's notes. Yeah, definitely. I think you were just overwhelmed by Mr. Well, Sandman. That, that first, I love that song, by the way. Um, that first scene, which is the same as the end scene of mm. the last one, right? Was there seven shots in the last one, too? Nope. That wasn't the exact same footage? No, because actually, if you notice one of the they great show from a different angle. trivia things, when he comes off the balcony, you can tell he like walks backwards up a ramp because his feet are like at the same level as the top of the railing when he goes over. And it's the cut from inside the house. I think that's the old footage to yeah. the new footage on the balcony, which why did they need that? Cause they could have just used the old footage. They cut wrong and there's an extra shot as he's coming out of the upper floor. Crazy. Mm. It's just, I mean, it's a good sign of things to come to be fair. Hey, listen, I didn't notice it. And I'm the kind of person that would notice that. You were just overwhelmed Maybe. by the synthy score. Score's awesome, by the way. Is it? Oh, I, man. En- I enjoyed it. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. I don't want to rain on your parade. Okay. Um, you can rain on it later. It's your fall break, man. It's your fall break. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm trying to like, you know, like pull something good out of this movie. Not that like, not that it was all bad. Like there was good things. I, I can the think score of two. Fine. I can think of two great things in particular, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, they're two. probably in yeah. my. <laughs> they're probably in my notes. <laughs> There's four, but two of them are pretty hidden. Hmm. Okay, I'm not sure if I have this in the right order. I don't know what the hell happened here. Laurie, mm-hmm. the fear of being put to sleep when she's in the hospital is not paid off. Mm. Right. She's afraid Pretty much anything she does is not paid off. In this right. Movie. She's <laughs> not, she's afraid to be put to sleep. Why? She's put to sleep anyway. It doesn't pay off. Mm-hmm. Not like that. Just nothing. Also, when was the last time someone was put to sleep for stitches? Is that a thing? <laughs> Have you met my kids? <laughs> like stitches, stitches and x-rays. Yeah. We're going to. Nope. No, nope, we, we got to knock you out for this. For <laughs> nope. Can't do it. I mean, that no. doctor is not exactly firing on all cylinders. Uh, unless the cylinders yeah. are thought, full of alcohol. I yeah. thought that too, but I'm like, they're like, okay, we got to make this doctor out of his mind and make her, make her put her to sleep. Right. And so he has to be drunk because she only needs stitches and x-rays. And it's like, why are you going through all of this hassle to not pay it off right. in any way? So well, like none of that made sense. This movie makes a lot of effort to get like traditional things that are like in urban legends mixed into the plot so you've got the drunk doctor coming from a party because 
every tropey movie needs a drunk doctor coming from a party. Here's an idea. It just popped in my head. Now tell me if it's bad or not. I'm sure you will. Yeah, it's terrible. I haven't even heard it yet. The whole point of that behavior was to Mm -hmm. keep her um, secure in one spot to get Michael to her. They didn't want her being out and about, right? So they wanted the sedation to have her bedridden, blah, 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 whatever reason. They wanted to do that. That's fine. Wouldn't it have been cool if she was actually being guarded by the police because they're not really sure if she's the killer because there's no Myers evidence. That's fine, too. That would have been cool. I was thinking maybe she's so ridiculous, like behaving so ridiculously that they have to sedate her. Yeah, have right? her flipping it, out. She, she could just be hysterical. Shit out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you she, should do that. But I, I, for some reason, I was thinking like, that would have been cool if, because there's no evidence of Myers. There's her f- three friends are dead. She's mm-hmm. in the house with the dead people. Yep. She would be a suspect. Sure. So that would make sense. That yep. way you got that that whole Godfather hospital that, thing going on where there's like a, a, a guard. Yep. And that would keep her in that room. That would make sense. That would be cool. Um, it would be kind of tough for some of the rest of the storyline to happen with the the paramedic boyfriend. Well, he could be an orderly instead of a paramedic boyfriend. He could be someone coming in and out of a room. He could be clearance. one of the cops. He could have been one of the cops. Hey, sure. but you know what yeah. you don't know? What? You don't know what death is. <laughs> <laughs> so trite, uh, man. So much so much corn in this movie. You know, for it being like the strongest part of the first movie, Donald Pleasance really just like, he didn't even phone it in. He like telegrammed it in. He mm. punted it in. <laughs> yeah, like, sir, sir, we have a message at the uh, front desk for you here. It's typed out through teletype. Um, excuse me. Uh, yes. Uh, you don't know what death is. Stop. <laughs> now, <laughs> Dimitri. Now, Dimitri. Now, Dimitri. Dimitri. You, Dimitri. You don't know what death is, Dimitri. Dimitri. You remember when we were hanging out? Dimitri. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I would call you just for any reason. <laughs> for any reason. But not this time. I'm calling you for a serious reason, Dimitri. <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't Jamie Lee Curtis kind of phone it in as well? And if you're not listening in order, you don't get it. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing about Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. She's not here enough and she doesn't get to do enough. Right. But when she is acting scared, I believe it. It makes for yeah. some really good pictures for the back of the box. The last third, you know, third of the movie, she she's used very well, but I think a lot of the, a lot of the other stuff is just ugh. Jamie Lee Curtis is very good. Yes, I love her acting. She's very good. To me, maybe this is just me, she, and maybe this is just an observation. She looks old. Like, well, the fake the fake hair didn't help. Like older than. All of her friends, right. older than all of these other teenagers that are being. You but know. I think she was eighteen when she made this movie. She just looks old. Okay, yeah. they made her look old. Yeah. Do you agree? Uh, I I don't know, man. I would say Annie looks about twenty eight. I think know? they all looked old in the first one. Yeah, yeah, and PJ Souls looked. I mean, they all looked older. Just like when we watch Carrie, you'll see all the high school kids, and it's like Travolta and. PJ Souls again, like okay. all these people, and it's like they're not in high school. These people are like twenty four years old, right? So yeah, it's 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 kind of the t- the trope well, of the time. Anyway, that was just an observation that I had. My next note, 
Um, the fact that it's Halloween makes it super easy for Myers to walk around in the open and mm-hmm. still go unnoticed. This is obvious, but the first one didn't really feature this dynamic. Right. It's cool. Yes, that was one and, of my pros. And I think that this, you know, the fact that it's called Halloween, right? This is the reason. They don't pay off the title of... They do in the first one once. Or twice, actually. Okay. The little kid coming out of school that runs into him, he's not yeah, taken back like... by it. And then the ghost, the ghost Michael is kind of the way they're paying it off. Wait, what's the like ghost when Michael? He, when, do I have your ghost Bob or can I get your ghost Bob? Like when he puts on the ghost sheet and goes to oh, the bedroom, that's, yeah. that's where he pays off Halloween. Okay. But not like in this movie. Yeah. This movie he uses as a tactic. I don't, yeah, I don't even know if he's really even using it as a tactic or realizes he is. Right, but, right. But yeah, whatever. The dynamic is there in this movie. It's cool. It could have even been more in this movie than it was and still be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that this this movie is the continuation of the first one where in the first one they're trying not to disrupt the town. They're trying not to tell anyone. They're trying to keep it under control, blah, blah, blah. And then this is... You know, what right. Loomis feared, yeah. what the cops feared and from they, the first one. they went up it with Brackett. Like, his daughter was one of the victims. Yep. So to play that up was, was a good idea mm-hmm. as well. It's a little premature for a guy in a Michael costume, isn't it? <laughs> like, only four people know what he looks like at this point. <laughs> I think they were just shopping at the same store. And <laughs> the way this dude goes out, boy, I mean... I get that you have to have this guy like fucked up beyond all recognition. I get that. It doesn't sit right with me. Mm. Like because it's a cop car first of all, which you, makes it even worse. <laughs> like I don't know, maybe I missed something. I don't know how like a fire just like spontaneously happened mm. there and whatever. I, there's not that much Was one of the cars a uh, Ford Pinto? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what was he pinned up against? Like a propane truck? Like, I don't know. That's what, what... it should have been. If they were going to do that, he should have ran into a gas truck. Yeah, but I, but you know, it happened so fast, and I didn't like rewind it to see, like, you know, well, how did that fire right. happen? It was Let like me a Volkswagen see. bug. Like, um, I was like, what's the, van. what's the, you know, like. Let me. I missed the explanation for this fire. Let me go back right. and look at it. I never did because I think at this point the movie was just kind of like, I was like, well, it's probably just not paid off. I'm just going to keep going. Mm. But even then, even though there is not that much gasoline pouring into the engine of a Crown Vic or whatever that car was to make that fire, fine. Um, still, like, you would think that, you know, there would be some flailing. Mm. You know, like if a dude's on fire or... If not, if he's completely KO'd or, like, dead and on fire, then he wouldn't be standing straight up. Well, he's held up limp. by the He's held the up car. by the car. Yeah, but his, like, his, his head and neck are held up by the car? No. He should be limp. Right. I always had a problem with it because, and he was stand- what the hell is that cop doing 95 miles an hour down a back street like that? <laughs> I like it wasn't well, like he yes, was responding that, to anything. And uh, so I just about the guy like just standing straight up. I was like, this dude got hit by the car and immediately rigor mortis. Like that's it's like boom, right. st- like stick. Yeah. Like they could have had his head hit something. Right. Impale his head, and then have set it on fire. Burn. 
They'll have his whole body. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, the whole point is that you can't recognize him without his dentals. So right. it's like, because it could be Michael. Hey, so know. the one thing about this scene that I have been playing with today, so this is fresh, and I probably won't stand by this by the time we even launch the episode, but <laughs> if I'm Love John it. Carpenter, right, and I made Halloween, and it's a big success, but I still know that I really jacked up that opening scene with uh, Annie and Lori riding around in the car and the alarm still going off at the store that was broken into, which, hmm. I mean, that would have been, what did we decide, like four hours, eight hours least, after the break-in? Like, least, why yeah. is that mm-hmm. alarm still on? What if Ben Tramer broke into that store after school stole that mask and it just happened to be the same mask that Michael Myers had bought legally earlier in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. I'm kidding, of course, because I mean, nothing better than the Sheriff Brackett character in the first one being like, well, he bought, he stole, excuse me, he stole a mask, uh, knives, and some rope. And it's like, hmm. (laughs) Whatever, man. (laughs) And a tombstone. Maybe Ben Tramer's just going to have... Yeah, he bought a little shovel and a pry bar and a, a small gator so he could drive it back home. <laughs> stole stole the keys to the gator. Well, he did have a station wagon, and those yeah. things are built like tanks. So I guess he could put a headstone back there. I no, guess, definitely. but... Hey, if, left, he could, if he could lift it, yeah, oh, he, definitely. He lifted it right out of the ground. the fuck? Timeline-wise, when he slams on the brakes when Annie yells at him, does he have the mm. headstone already? Because I don't know. That would be hilarious if he came flying up into the front seat. (laughs) 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 You just clip the shit out of Mike. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Did you catch that the the first scene of the movie has more blood than all of Halloween 1? Yes. Yeah, that's on my cons list is all the blood. That's a con? Okay. Yeah, for a Halloween movie, yeah. Well, but this is post Friday the Thirteenth, man. We need blood now. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So many animal jump scares. Mm. <laughs> There's a dog in dog in the beginning. There's like a cat in the dumpster. Like, like <laughs> the okay, guard. We get it. We get it. <laughs> okay. Um, the security guard, Mister Garrett. Mister Garrett. Mister mm. Garrett. Okay. His kill was predictable as soon as the camera angle changed. Mm. Agreed. He's checking all the closets, checking all the closets, checking all the closets, and then boom, you get this camera angle where it's like he's about to shut the door, and Michael's going to be there, and he's going to be dead. Yep. And he shut the door, and there he was, he was and he was dead. You're calling it. Like, predictable as hell. You've seen so many of these fucking movies, you can call them all. I don't think it's because I'm that smart. <laughs> I think that the movie was just not great. Right. Um, For the time, it was great. Eh, sure. Ish. John Carpenter will sure. say in interviews that he basically was drunk the entire time he watched this movie or wrote this movie because wrote it, yeah. he had already written Halloween. He he felt it was stupid to have to write Halloween again. Okay. Next note. The uh, I have him in my notes as the horny paramedic. Mm. Bud. The horny paramedic kill Bud. was fantastic. Yes, the silent so in the background. Good. Yeah. yeah. It was funny because my uh, my wife was sitting like across in the other room when that the beginning of that scene happened and I was you know she's getting down. she's getting <laughs> yeah she's getting undressed and right. blah, blah blah and I'm describing I'm like ooh we're gonna see something here and like she just like looks at me and I'm like 
I was like, oh, she's definitely getting naked. And like, you know, my wife is just giving me like that look like, right. oh God, like rolling her eyes. And I'm like, but she's like behind frosted glass. Right. Right. So I'm explaining this to her. She can't see the TV. I'm just explaining the scene to her as it's happening. And then the kill happens and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And she's like, what? And I'm like, the dude that she was in the hot tub with is now on the other side of the frosted glass. And he's getting strangled by Michael Myers and she has her back turned and she can't see mm. it and you, she can't hear it, but you can see it and you can, you can't hear it, and but then, you can, you can tell what it probably sounds like. And then seductive oh. Michael comes in the first time I've seen him seductive Michael. Like he does this a <laughs> few times in the series. <laughs> Email me if up. you can explain it. Yeah. Th- I think this is where women fell in love with he, him. Mm-hmm. Like he walked up, he's all suave. He's got swag. And he puts his hand out, and she like grabs his hand. She's holding his finger. Luckily, <laughs> like, she's got COVID, so she can't smell his. She's like biting it. She's like biting and kissing. Yeah, his doesn't fingers. she like bite on his finger a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, yeah. And then it's funny, Dan, that you should bring up COVID, because I'm like, they're sitting in the hot tub or whatever that was, and the horny paramedic is like, all this Michael Myers stuff. I was like, he's a COVID denier. He's about to die COVID. <laughs> Like he's about to get a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he is a denier. He's. About I don't to die. see what the big deal is. I mean, we've only had seventeen people killed in the last four hours, but you know, psh, I'm not right. dead. I'm I here. Laid. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But so he's. Yeah. This is just. This is just a manufactured serial murderer. Yeah. It's not. Lori's the real killer. That's I why bl- she's been arrested. I blame China. Hmm. I like that they basically. I, I don't know. I don't love the strangle kill as much as you do, only because the whole time I'm thinking, ooh, how clever am I? Now the boy gets strangled. Right? Because it's just the PJ Souls kill from the first one. It's just mm. this time it's the boy that gets strangled, not the girl. Yeah, I think the, the inventiveness is the, the silent. Yeah, I mean, it's the background. Cool. I, like, cool. I like everything about it. Yeah. I like the I whole... Never even I never the way the, Souls. Yeah, I like the way the whole scene went down. I love how he used the frosted glass for both uses mm-hmm. like from the beginning and the, with the girl and later with the the young gentleman being strangled i loved it yeah. it was kind of like that hitchcock thing where like what you imagine is worse than what they could right. show you right but it's a little bit more than that because you can see it just not great i it never popped in my mind that that's how PJ Soul's character was killed. It did pop into my mind that kill in Friday Thirteenth Three, the only one I really like, was the boyfriend being muffled right off the side of the steps. Yeah. Oh yeah. When, I pop. when Christine is that her name? Christine or Christy is like yelling his name, and he's literally like he's a foot away. Yeah, he's right there, just around the corner. Yeah, that's yes. what popped in my head when I saw that. Okay, I didn't yeah. even think of the the uh, you know strangle with the phone cord because I guess the phone cord was so much different than yeah, yeah. So, so do you guys want to talk about the phone kill a little more? Because I know we talked about that at length in the original Halloween episode, but uh, recently I was tooling around in the uh, kind of lesser known Hitchcock theater, uh, the mm. the catalog, if you will. Uh, there's a movie called Dial M for Murder. Yeah, Dial M for Murder. Which I had never seen because I'd already always heard it kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And then I, it's shot in 3D, so I know why it sucked, right? I know why Friday 3 is no good, <laughs> so I know why mm. 
Dial M for murder is probably no good. And it isn't very good. In fact, the last scene was so dumb that I, I think I made a face. I don't usually have to make a face at a Hitchcock movie. But there is an attempted strangulation while the phone receiver's off the hook. But it's with a scarf, not with the phone cord. But the blocking is very similar to what follows in those other movies that ripped it off. I think that's your original why there's a phone in all these movies. I think it's all a reference to dial him for murder. Now, hmm. I'm not going to say that Carpenter ripped off Hitchcock. I'm going to say that Carpenter ripped off Lindsay because I, I stand by the blocking of those two scenes being so similar. Right. But I think Lindsay was ripping off Hitchcock, but he was also kind of borrowing from Bay of Blood, which I forgot until recently has a phone kill, but it's a dude. Guys, mm. phones are dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. Well, you know why I think they do it? The phone represents your connection to the outside world. Yeah. And the fact that it's right there. Yeah. Your safety is right there. Your, your savior's right there. Civilization's right there, and you can't get to it. That's what I think that, that represents. Absolutely. Well, and it yeah. also plays that awesome kind of uh, inverse of what we saw with the strangle kill in the therapy uh, area with the frosted glass, right? On the phone, you can hear it. You can't see it. And right. there's nothing you can do about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like one of the only ways in those, especially in the 50s, that you could be in the room with someone being murdered and not be able to help them. Yep. And I think that's what makes me love the the beginning kill of Scream even more. Oh, yeah. Because yep. it happens over the phone and her mother's listening to it happen after she's already been stabbed and she sees her parents and she can't she can't yell loud enough for them to hear her. Right. So it's like it's that same play. There's the people that can save you, but they can't hear you. They're literally 40 feet away, 30 feet away, yep. and they can't save you because you can't yell. And then you finally they can hear you, but they're listening to your death on the phone. It's too late. Yeah. yeah. It's like the genius. But guys, uh, John Carpenter didn't see Dial M for Murder until way later. <laughs> no, wait, no, he didn't see that until way after. Uh, Is this one I always have to say? But I still love John Carpenter. He's the best. But still. I actually asked him that question specifically, and I suggested that maybe he had, you know, like seen it in film school, right? And no, no. Have you he ever read the script, later. Dan, for Halloween Two? No. Do you have the script laying around? That no, we can but I'm through? wondering if I was going to ask you because what he's talking about is leading me to the one kill, the Karen kill in the tub. Okay. And I'm curious if it was written that way or if that's a director's choice when on set. I'm 100% going to tell you that that kill was in the script. Okay. Even though I, I haven't know, seen I know the it's in Deep Red, so I want to make sure that uh, you know, mm. Carpenter who doesn't watch Jollies. No, he uh, never saw any of them. Well, he <laughs> didn't see the Lindsay ones, but he's a fan of and friend of Dario Argento. He told me that okay. himself. Okay, uh, which is bonkers to be able to say that. But yeah, when I talked to John, uh, John Carpenter, when I talked to Mister Carpenter, uh, when I talked to Johnny C, uh, <laughs> he was upfront about being friends with and enjoying the works of Dario Argento. Now. Okay. I made you watch Deep Red, Travis, and George, you've seen it before. When yep. you saw the, the boily kill in Halloween 2, did you remember Deep Red and nope. go, oh, I God, totally per- 
that yep. kill is exactly in Deep Red five years Ironic. earlier. Ironically, I'm watching Deep Red and we go, that's the kill from Halloween 2. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I did the same thing. I totally thing. forgot. Yeah, I saw Deep like Red way after I saw Halloween 2. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I know this kill, right? Yeah. Now, we'll take a quick pause on your notes here, George, because while we're on the topic, let's talk about Dario Argento, Deep Red. Did you make it through the end of the movie, Travis? Yes. Took me a few times. Okay, let's not talk about the ending too much because uh, a lot of people out there probably haven't seen Deep Red yet by Dario Argento. It's probably on some streaming service, and you should definitely watch it because it's flipping awesome. I think I watched it on Tubi. Yeah, Tubi's got everything, and I don't know how they get away with it, but I'm not going to question it. So, guys couple of things about Deep Red that pop up in the original Halloween. Uh, the knitting needles out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Lori's in a dark room. She's got a knitting needle, and she stabs Michael in the dark. Same thing happens in Deep Red, only it's a bird that gets stabbed. But it's a little similar, right? The, the framing's the same. Uh, the music in Halloween, definitely in the family tree of the exorcist. Somewhere yeah. in between, you've got the Profundo Rosso deep red music that all kind of shares the DNA of the tubular bells. Mm-hmm. In this movie, though, what I felt like was with the first Halloween, Carpenter was like, oh, man, what'd be cool here is a little sprinkle of Argento. Little, little, uh, you know, a pinch, right? And in Halloween mm-hmm. 2, he's just like... full <laughs> <laughs> scene. Big chug of J&B <laughs> stealing outright from... Halloween to the scene and it it all happens like in one part of the movie. It's almost like he got to the part where he's about to boil that lady and then he popped on the, like a VHS, an early VHS, the deep red. And it's just like, yeah. Oh, and while we're here, let's go to a schoolhouse. Let's have a, a creepy kid's drawing of children with a, a knife. And then let's draw on the chalkboard. Cause that was creepy in deep red. And then, Mm. There's the part where the floor is just covered in blood, right? Like it is the entire frame. There are no edges. It's just blood. And it's like that cool gleaming kind of shot, which is like a straight up shot out of deep red. Only the guy's face reflects in it. Mm. But I mean like, dude, we've gone from like a fan of Dario Argento to being like, Hey man, can I borrow this for the weekend and maybe not give it back? Which I'm fine like, with, because nobody saw Deep Red, you know, on the scale that they saw Halloween 2, so at right. least it just planted a seed for later when nerds found those movies. It even had her fall out of the tub and land on the floor almost exactly the same way. Yes, like, sir. It was just, yeah. There's a movie called Someone is Watching Me. Someone is Watching Me, directed by John Carpenter. Made around the same time as Halloween, actually plays on TV, if I remember right, like November of 78. So he makes it before Halloween, and it plays on TV around the same time, a little bit after Halloween's out. It actually steals the writing on the mirror and fog Mm. bit from Deep Red, like straight up. It's also got some really cool like proto-Halloween moments where like, We'll have to watch it at some point as part of one of these Carpenter explorations because it's a really cool movie with some really good jumps, but it's made for TV, so it like doesn't have any boobs or blood, but it's still it's right. pretty creepy and good. Well, but... the scream, so <laughs> boobs and blood, <laughs> boobs and blood, in that either. Give the people what they want, <laughs> boobs and blood. This is like the most gratuitous nudity 
of yes. the movies that we've watched from Carpenter so far. And I mean, I guess it's a Ros- Rosenthal movie, right? We we really can't yeah. call it a Carpenter, but the fact that she's like covered up when she's getting dunked and then the last shot just inexplicably, the towel Oops. is a foot low. <laughs> like guys, <sighs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. I did like the detail that Meyer's hand was also blistered. I did like that detail. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. If you see him pull her out of the water for the last time, like the last dunk. Yeah, because he he's got his hand partially he's putting his in hand the water too. He's completely in to. that water. So he, it's, it's blistered as well. That's so gnarly, though, when she's kissing on his hand because just in the previous scene, you know, Bud's like, oh, you hurt my finger. I need therapy on my finger. <laughs> and then, of course, she starts giving Michael Myers finger therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. It's fingerhead. It's fingerhead. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's really okay. That's on a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> did you catch George that the relationship between Bud and the nurse is it Karen? Is her name Karen? Karen yeah. Bud Karen. and Karen it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's it's a horny paramedic and boobs McGee and boob nurse. <laughs> well, boob it, nurse. let's put it this way. Let's put horny male hospital person. This isn't going well for me. Horny, uh, horny paramedic. You'll see why I'm going here. Horny paramedic and kind of self-hating or maybe like self-abusing uh, attractive nurse. Here's the thing. You remember Axel in Friday the 13th Part 4? Mm. Do you remember, George, when we yes. talked about the final chapter and I said, look, yes. Friday the 13th just upped the ante by doing all of Halloween 2 in 10 minutes at the beginning of a movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, dudes. It was on purpose. Like Friday is just mm-hmm. like, oh, Halloween t- took an hour and a half to get. Look, we did all the beats. Did ten minutes and hit credits. We're doing a Friday movie. Mm. I love it. I love Friday Four. <laughs> yeah, Friday Four is good, man. I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going final crazy. <laughs> it's the final chapter. It is the final chapter. See so your thought. I don't really know if I love baby neglect in my Halloween movie. Listen, the door was open just in case the babies start crying. I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. It's fine. I don't know. I just, I was worried after he ate the dog in the first one, I was like, oh no, he's going to be hungry. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different movie, man. (laughs) I don't think they were going to go that route. I didn't even think of that because for me, it was Mike Myers doesn't mess with children. Because he is a child. He never has, yeah. I was like, yeah, those babies are fine. Now, did you, be, did you catch the kid early in the movie, George, with the razor blade in his mouth? Mm. You see, at the, the time. Did you track <laughs> that at all, blade. or were you just like, the the mom brings a little kid oh, into the oh, emergency room? the emergency room. room. Hospital emergency yeah, room, what? Oh, oh, oh. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, he got some bad Halloween candy. Apparently, it plays into what Dan always says about like political politics of the time. Yes, yeah, because that's like, what everybody feared. You're gonna bite yeah. into something. So it's and like, there's... hey, let's throw this in. It's yeah. political. Well, and it's also <laughs> lore, right? It's just like the. Uh, it's one it of those things, like the drunk doctor. You've got to have a drunk doctor, and you've got to have mm-hmm. a kid who gets razor bladed by his candy. Even though there has never, to my knowledge, been an incident of that happening. No, but it was a big thing back then. I remember my mom always saying that, check your candy, check your candy. It was usually less about candy and more about the, the uh, caramel apples 
Oh yeah, bob, bobbing for apples. apples, man. You never know. Yeah, people were worried more about that. I would Yo, never eat one of those things anyway. My parents told me to check my candy, and I'm like, I look at my candy, and I'm like, looks like candy to me. <laughs> and then I checked half of it while trick or treating. <laughs> I ate it. And then and then also, <laughs> like, if someone's gonna like put some shit in my candy, they're I'm I'm assuming that they're gonna be pretty good at hiding it. So like. <laughs> I'm kind of like taking my life into my own hands regardless of whether I check it or not. Yep. Right. And then also final point, you know how like they were talking about, they're always talking about like, Oh, they're like going to lace the kids candy with drugs and shit. It's like, no one's going to give away their drugs for free yeah. to children. Although there was a few cases of people doing the gummy, the gummy things. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a good way to send somebody to the hospital. It's a little cheaper now. <laughs> yeah, I guess You get so. the gummy molds. <laughs> yeah, you get the molds now, you can do that. But back then, nobody was putting there. Dude, no one's giving away their drugs. I don't know. Just doesn't seem... Don't, don't add up. No, I hear you. Anyway. It's the dangers of socialism. You go to someone's house and get that's, free candy. That's what it is, you man. You might get killed. Nothing, <laughs> nothing is free. Right. You know who pays for that candy? The taxpayers. The taxpayers. No, <laughs> All right. <laughs> You know, if that uh, night watchman were to hear you guys talk like that, he might reprimand you because he's Rep- essentially the fat cop from Rep- Friday too. Reprimand, right? <laughs> reprimand them. Reprimand you? You're not even gonna reprimand them. Still Reprimand-ed my favorite you. character Reprimand. in part two, I think. Reprimand. <laughs> Reprimand. You're not even it's gonna an advertisement. Reprimand them. <laughs> it's an advertisement. Huh. We're gonna <laughs> reprimand you for that. Terrible advertisement. Advertisement. <laughs> you know, I you know when people mispronounce words in movies that they should know, you know who they ought to have to deal with. Librarians. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. Because <laughs> they don't say that right either. <laughs> Isn't it like Sam? How do you? You're supposed to say it some crazy way, and they yeah, don't say it's... it in the movie, but it's like. I don't mean crazy, like just way different it's than like it's Sam spelled. Uh, Samhain or something like that. It's like, hey, this is Dan and Post. It's Samhain, uh, silent M, because those crazy Gaelics. It's it's not the way it's spelled. Not the way it's spelled, and not the yeah. way they say it in this movie, even though Donald Pleasant seems to be the authority suddenly <laughs> on Celtic <laughs> culture. You think they should have brought in like somebody from Massachusetts to explain it a little better? Yeah, that, mean, was o- that was over my head. I never heard of that Here's the thing, maybe, maybe. He's just like me with the Italian words. And he knows right. in certain audiences they don't want to hear the mozzarella, right? Right. He just right. got he's got to drop a straight just Sam Hain. Sam Hain, <laughs> y'all. Sound it out, brother. Sound it out the got way it's Got my Sam Hain. <laughs> Sam Hain. Jaquillin. Jaquillin. Hey, 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 Ron. Oh, jeez, Louise. Uh. <laughs> hey, but seriously though, when did he learn all like Here's the thing, maybe he would have been a better more effective uh, clinician if he'd spent less time reading about druid priest rituals mm. and instead focusing more on like keeping Michael Myers out of the out of the streets of Haddonfield or out of the system hmm cuz it didn't do him too well okay can we talk about my next favorite kill yeah man the nurse kill in the hallway Yes, the real uplifting Laurie, one. That yes, that Laurie witnesses. Yeah, straight from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep, he meat hooked her. He did. He meat hooked. Yep, her. and he picked her up. Love it. 
And her name was One-handed. Franco. She's Nurse Franco, which if it's not a Jess Franco reference, uh, it's a wasted chance to reference Jess Franco movies, guys. Mm. Which I don't think we've talked about him much on the show, and we won't be watching any of his stuff anytime soon. But those who know Jess Franco know they're nodding right now. Mm-hmm. So the lady who walks in and Donald Pleasance's character, Dr. Loomis, goes, oh, I didn't recognize you. And then doesn't explain who she is. And then she takes out a cigarette and lights it. And you're supposed to be like, oh. Oh, it's her. The nurse from the beginning of the first movie who's only there for two minutes. And the only thing that's important about her is she has a matchbook that, like, what a weird way to bring back a character from in movie time like two hours ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how does he not remember her? He just spent the night with her uh, uh, two days ago. It's really, it's a weird choice. Did you know who that lady was at all, George? No, I didn't. And what was Loomis's reaction again? She he just goes, "Oh, I didn't recognize you." What? She was with him when Myers broke out of the yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah, she was like two she nights was, prior. Yeah, she was driving, wasn't she? Or yes. she was a passenger. Yeah, but she yeah. was all nursed up. The evil is gone. That 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 part. Well, you know, he did when they were driving in the car in the first one. He was trying to explain to her how dangerous this dude was. Right, and she seemed green, like new not like experienced and she was kind of like not taking it seriously. I guess if maybe that was the only time he had ever worked with her. Mm. But then again, even like a car ride, like you remember that person, they had don't a you? Pretty traumatic experience together. You would remember her. He could at least I, be like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you outside of your nurse's uniform." You know, the other right. night when we Didn't were in the car together. Your, right, 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 right. Sure. Yeah, <sighs> exactly. Finish that sentence. Didn't recognize you in plain clothes or something. Right. Outside of your work clothes. Yeah. Hi, Karamba. Because, I mean, she does have a recognizable face, but it's most recognizable when she has that cigarette lit because she's got these high cheekbones and she's got like that. Well, yeah, because she was smoking like a chimney in the car. Like it was just (laughs) one after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Like Betty Davis. You're like, oh, it's a cigarette chick. Gotcha. All right. I'm on the same page now. Now, a little bit before this, there's the weird, like, dream sequence. What did that do to you the first time you're seeing that with no context? Um, Lori's in her hospital bed, and she has, like, this weird dream hallucination that, like, a little girl sees Michael Myers in his cell. Did you track any of that while you're watching it? Yeah, I saw it, and I kind of just didn't really know what was going on. And I, backstory. I knew that it was, well, I figured that, you know, they have some kind of history that she's right. forgotten. Right. But, you know, obviously they let that cat out of the bag a little later. Mm. Yeah, so it's so. like 75 minutes into an 85-minute movie that they're like, oh, by the way, big twist, right? M. Night Shyamalan is somewhere is like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at least they paid off because she, she asks earlier in the movie, she's like, why me? And, uh, you know, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Like, what? Why? What is it about? What the hell? Why why are you chasing her? Like, why? Do you think it's crazy? So they do pay it off. The movie gets like an hour in before she even realizes his name is Michael Myers. Oh, from the Meyer house. Like, she spends this entire dramatic evening with no explanation as to who's coming after her or why. Watch the boogeyman. Just the boogeyman, man. Now, another retro, uh, retro fix popped into my head just now. Dan, you said you had an issue with uh, Loomis knowing everything about 
like the uh, druids and the yeah. Samhain. What if the nurse that Samhain Samhain the nurse that uh, he knew or didn't realize he knew is the expert on that shit, and she's the one who starts spouting the information. We're gonna about call her Chimney Chick. Chimney Chick. So that way you're not turning. Uh, Loomis into a walking Wikipedia. Well, why would she be well versed on it either? Well, maybe it's her hobby. Here's I don't know. what you do: you make the state trooper. Maybe she's a druid, priestess. an Irishman. You know, Chief uh-huh. O'Hara from the uh, from the Batman TV show, and right he was now. a marshal. And marshals are generally pretty smart. And he you know, just, they're basically like lawyers with badges. As right? he's driving down the highway, he's just oh, you know, that reminds me of a story I heard from my grandfather. Boom. And they should have turned the Strode family into some kind of a cult where Lori, when she was a baby, she was never completely sacrificed. And that's why Michael's trying to complete the sacrifice. He needs to sacrifice her. The Myers family would be the ones who did that, not the Strode family. Not the Strodes. Like the the Myers family were involved, and maybe that's why they're no longer around. They were wiped out. Yeah, well, that would would have to be. Rewritten from all the way from the beginning, right? But they but yeah. they already established that, that was a normal family, which kind of made Myers so much better. That's right. like the whole was, point. Yeah, yeah. It, anything he has to come from a normal family. The more we dig into Michael Myers, the less I like Michael Myers. <laughs> There's just no right. It's the James Gum thing again. Just leave yeah. it undetermined because the more you tell me about James Gum, I'm gonna like him less. I like him better, not knowing why or where. Right. Is he still uh, listening to the show? I haven't heard from James in a long time. James, he's he's been around. He's on vacation. Oh, I see. They're they're opening the new um, Dream Gum House out in Pittsburgh. Did I? That's um, where he is. Did I send you guys the James Gum meme recently? Are they any closer to catching him? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh wait, was she that great big oversized person? <laughs> I can't say fat anymore. Even though I'm a mass murderer, I'm still a little woke. (laughs) Uh, I'm only looking for vegans now. I just, I just sent you guys, I just sent you guys a dank meme. Just FYI. Dank. Yeah. Oh yes, I did see you sent us that one. That's a good one. I think I sent it maybe just to you, Dan, or maybe I sent it to Buddy. I don't know. I like it. This is good radio. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Well, when when the episode airs, yeah, we'll just share it to the to page. Show anybody? No, exactly. No, when when this episode so. airs, we should just post this meme on the <laughs> Facebook group and say, "Listen, if you want to see what we're talking about, just go right to the group." Basically, says this was always my least favorite Bon Jovi music video. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. Hey, so, real question regarding Halloween two. Lori is in bed. How does she know Michael's coming to get her? What tips are off? Because all of a sudden he's stabbing pillows and she's in the hallway. But like, did they establish any kind of tell nope. that he would? No. Nope, she would. Nope. nope. Maybe they were twins separated at birth, and she Psychic has twin tuition. Connection. She's only twin four tuition. years younger. Whatever. Nope. Nope. Okay. As long as I didn't nope. miss something. Because the script nope. said so. 
Damn it, drunk John Carpenter writing these drunk scripts. Hey, uh, did you guys catch the Bava-esque lighting in the boiler room? Mm. <laughs> Who didn't? Uh, yeah. The part where it looks like an episode of the old <laughs> Batman TV show. Did yeah, you catch when that? Steps out. The bright, when he steps out. It's, it's the bright. Red. It's just like a bright red light. That, yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah, a Mario like, oh, Bava. Shit, that's Bava. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like it's Bava. Dude, I think that like twice a day, bro. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's so Bava. Like this bathroom right is there. so Bava. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, wait. No, it's not. Click. I'm gonna make you guys watch some Bava someday, and you're gonna be like, thank you, Dan, for letting us thank know you, about Bava and how great he was. Dan Ma- makes you watch a whole movie just because there's maggots in it. <laughs> it's true. Maggots in the last two minutes. Maggots and wind. I just watched the craziest movie I'll ever watch in my life because there was maggots in it. Oh, and there's a water that's on fire. And there's wind. <laughs> don't forget the oh, wind. Oh, yeah, the windy trees. You're right. You're right. wind, yeah. And yes, a chimp yes. with a razor blade, guys. Come on. Don't undersell this movie. Right. right. And Donald Pleasance. And Donald Pleasance. And Friday the 13th, the entire story of the first one, only with crazier acting. Guys, and be- that movie beautiful is Jennifer applicable. Connelly. Moving on to Doctor Loomis's warning shot. It's pretty wild. It's wild, and I'm like, is this the Ben Tramer? This is when no, he's the warning the, shot. The car with the marshal. He's oh, like, right. what he is it, you blokes? Do you fire a warning shot? He's right. really you like his best scene in the movie for him. You know, it would be funny if he was holding a gun to the marshal and he's like, Are "You guys." You guys did with a warning shot, and then the marshal was like, "Oh no, we don't do that." But like before he can finish his sentence, he's already shooting out the window. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh no, 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 we don't do that." Pow! <laughs> we don't do. And then you see the car go. Well, you know, if he like was kind of airplaneish, if he was police chief O'Hara telling the story of the uh, the Celtic and Druid history, what you could do is just have him be like. That reminds me of a story from when my grandpa used to tell me stories, and then you have like a light bulb <laughs> moment, and he initiates the turn on his own accord. You wouldn't have to and shoot, you and you'd you save need. a bullet for Michael. That's true. Well, he's got seven of them, so. Speaking of which, my next note is, come on, girl, exercise your 2A rights. Because he's like, take it, take the gun, take it. And she's like, no, I don't want to. She would have just, she just shot him once. Like, she would have shot him once and just thrown it on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we learned from the first one. That's her thing. Yes. Well, that's basically what she did. I think she shot him twice. Yeah, in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, it Which turns out she's cool. a hell of a shot. This time, at least, she's a pretty good shot. Yeah. I mean, she had pretty but good accuracy like, with the bladed weapons, too, and the knitting needles. She just didn't have the yeah. persistence to see it through. Well, in her defense, she wasn't expecting him to be immortal. Yeah, you never expect your killer to be immortal, <laughs> hey, which is really a, a, a full-on wrench when, yeah, you know. I mean, you would think a, a sewing needle, a 12-inch sewing needle in the throat and the jugular would end things. Well, and like a 25-inch butcher knife, right? Believe in the chest. Yeah, that, would, that should end things too. Mm-hmm. Or six bullets, seven bullets. Seven bullets fall off the balcony after being shot seven times. There are revolvers that have seven bullets. Yeah, but this there isn't are. this isn't one. Not his. That's not one of them. <laughs> but I'm just one. saying there are they they exist. As Dr. Loomis will attest, he shot him he six shot times. Him six times. Yeah. Hey, yes. so speaking of things that besides him being immortal, things that we didn't see coming, uh I do not think that the makers of this movie foresaw a future of uh 1080p movie transfers because it is very clear that that Michael Myers, whoever if it's Dick Warlock, best name in Hollywood, uh mm. Mm. Or if it's a stunt double, it's clearly a guy with a mask on with his eyes closed real tight. 
Yeah. <laughs> like they do not do a good job of lighting it. There's too much light. And it's just like, oh, it's to do with his eyes closed with like yeah. blood, well, blood running Dick down War- him. Dick Warlock's head is totally different shape than, uh, than uh, Nick Castle. So you would you know, know that mask does not fit him. Right you can still light the scene all. though, guys. Yeah, I know. What I the know. heck? What the heck? Finale of the movie. And it's just a guy like, I agree. eyes closed. Hmm. Okay, so Loomis gets stabbed with a scalpel, and he falls down like a turd sandwich. Hmm. He's old. <laughs> he's he's just a doctor, dude. I felt you know I felt the same way with the uh, the scalpel kill of the marshal, right? I felt like that was a missed opportunity. You have a marshal that you're trying to kill. You know, I think that when Michael pops up, it should be like a struggle. Because the marshal should be trained, right, in like hand to hand combat or whatever. So if he's gonna get the marshal that way, it has to happen super quick. And the marshal kill did not happen super quick. It did was not. like it was like here, I'm gonna hold you down and then slice your throat. Yeah. That's not how a marshal's gonna go down, first of all. Second, right. you could have had a struggle between the marshal and and uh and Michael. Myers. Yeah, and and Loomis is there holding his gun like not being able to shoot because the struggle is going back and forth. Right. You know what I mean? And then Mar- and then Loomis just says, you know what? F it. Laurie, let's go. Right. Right? And you don't even see the Marshall kill. You don't need to. You don't need to. And then I felt the same way with Loomis where like he stabs Loomis. It, Michael stabs Loomis with a scalpel in the stomach. Like, dude, if I was a crazy man and that was my shrink, I would be stabbing him with a scalpel in the face and the neck repeatedly. Crime of passion. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. That's how it would happen, right? I hate to bring up Walking Dead, but there's a scene where one character has to kill another character. Mm-hmm. And, well, Dan's never going to say it, but a brother kills another his brother. The, a main character kills his brother, who's mm-hmm. already a zombie. Mm-hmm. And he hits him once in the face with a with a... I think the butt of a gun or something mm-hmm. and takes his jaw off, but it's still coming Yep, or moving. And he just starts hitting him in the face. And then before you know it, he has pounded everything away that looks like his brother. Like yep. there's nothing left. There's just a pulp. Mm-hmm. And to me, you're right. Like that man has been in his life yeah, and been a thorn in his side and been, you know, just, yeah, he's been trying to shrink him. Right, for it should have been twenty a years lot of, or whatever. A lot more than that, definitely. Yeah, it it reminds me. You know what it should have been? Um, and they knew they were going to scene... kill Loomis at the end, so they could yeah, have done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They knew he was going to be dead. Yeah, he still could have had been stabbed a hundred times with right. a, with a little scalpel and still managed to light the light world the match, on fire. Right. Yeah, the it, you know what I think of as a comparison, a uh, type of kill. You're thinking of Walking Dead. I'm thinking of there's a scene in The Patriot, mm-hmm. Mel Gibson, where he yes. goes at one of these um, redcoats, redcoats with a hatchet. Mm-hmm. That scene, yes, and that's not even like I don't want to say like it's not that intense. I would think that Michael's passion for Loomis would be even more intense than that. Yeah. So that's all I'm gonna I, say about I hear that. that. I hear you. Yeah, but Michael isn't exactly Mister Passion. Right, like he's always kind of cold, and so I don't know. I mean, I get it, but like at the same time, can we talk about how creepy 
Myers is when he's like whimpering like a child or maybe an injured animal while he's slashing around the room blind. Before yeah. we do that, can we talk about how he stops almost like in a Jason and fashion? Turns his head a little bit. When she says his name. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? It's pretty good. I, like I mean, it. it's good, but is it original? Um, He's the first head tilt. Myers was. And Friday 2's Jason is very much a Michael Myers ripoff. So I think... Yeah. I think we're just playing off each other already. We're in that cycle where we borrow okay. from. Yeah, because when he kills, when he kills, uh, what's his name? I got is the it, I got the timeline wrong. Uh, seventy eight. He he kills him against Friday. the wall and then stares at him, tilts his head, tilts his head again. That's true too. So he's yeah. the head tilter. So I know. I was just thinking of the way she took him out of it for a second. She took yeah. him out of it in the same way. You know, um, I forget the chick's name, but she like put on the sweater and right. You know, kind of controlled Jason. In Friday 2. two. Where's Paul? That's yeah. what it reminded me of. And this happened, this movie came out before Friday 2. The only reason I, I no. again, I no. Did. This came out after Friday 2. Okay, this, well then yeah, he's ripping off after. Friday 2. Yeah, but there's, they're not similar enough to where I'm worried about it. Like, the, the chick in part 2, Friday 13th part 2, mm-hmm. she doesn't just say, Jason, and he tilts his head. And then he comes at her. It's not the head tilt. It was the hesitation. Yeah, but she talks to him. She says, "Mama's proud." Like she, she says some yes. things to him. Yep. So that's what, and he lowers the axe or the 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 uh, pickaxe. But this this gives you when she says his name, Michael, and he stops. It 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 reminded me, and I'm like, are they about to do the Jason yeah. two? thing they didn't do enough of it to to where it's 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 definitely redeemable i see what you're saying but then but then they didn't do it right which is good right but it was still there yeah, and i'm there. like don't think it was really but myers needed. and jason are the same character pretty much so it's it's you almost think? like because they don't talk and you don't get to hear what's going on in their head that's pretty much all you can do as a character is to say their name and see what what happens so right. what's funny is he never reacted to Loomis when Loomis says his name, you know, later on. Right. You know, it's like it doesn't it doesn't happen. So and he has a lot more relationship with hearing Loomis say his name that he should probably react to him as well. But it yeah, seems but like Loomis he only is reacted a dude. to her. Loomis is a dude. Lo- Loomis is trying to shrink his brain. Hmm. This girl is his sister. Allegedly. That he has memories from childhood with. Right. And as we know, he's stuck as a in, child. in a child child brain. Okay, so my next thought, when Loomis goes for the tank, they're going to Jaws him. Mm. Oh, wouldn't that have been awesome? But they don't. <laughs> Just like a suppository Actually, of oxygen. They kinda do. Actually, I thought that they were going to Jaws him as soon as they entered the room. Michael wasn't even in there yet. Right. And I saw the tank and I was like, oh, they're going to Jaws well, him. Well, doesn't Loomis say, smile, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then, and then, because I kind of thought that like Loomis went down like a big turd. I said that. You're not like Boba Fett. I take it back. Loomis came through like a boss. Flaming Michael is so cool. I'm ready for Halloween 3. Michael goes to hell. Dude, it was a <laughs> uh, a great movie explosion in that hallway. Yeah. And those burns are pretty long. Like, they're not the longest yeah, yeah. we've seen. But for the time, if you count them out from cut to cut, that's how you tell how long they are. Uh, Listen, yeah. it, this wasn't like... And again, 
it's you know, yeah, I guess it's not super long, but it's not like a part of his body that's on fire. It's the whole thing. It's the whole damn and he's acting thing while that's happening. Like it's he's an walking. Excellent visual. Yeah, it's excellent. And what's funny is it's I, more I than thought excellent. Dan was going to make us watch the fifty-one version of the thing again, just for that fire. Scene. You don't get this yeah. movie without the thing, man. No, you don't. No, God, you don't. the thing is so scary. Like this one's controlled and cool. The thing makes me nervous for everyone involved. Yeah, because of the accelerant. Yeah, and just the lack of control. Oof. But the image of her cowering and that body walking towards her is so Frankenstein. Oh yeah. Like on the next level. Like it's just. It's almost like the the. The townspeople got into the castle with the pitchforks and flames, and they lit him on fire. And he's still, he's still coming. Like that's that's pretty cool. I think it's I downloaded cool. the wrong Halloween too. <laughs> that's a porn joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's still coming. Well, he he did. Uh, he I'm sure he was a little aroused by Nurse Karen from the, the maybe ha- the hand head maybe hand <laughs> fingerhead fingerhead <laughs> thumbhead. Ew, it's all gross. <laughs> Fingerhead. Fingerhead. Uh, you, you skipped my favorite part. Ooh, which one? I love... Part? When I was a kid, it was my favorite thing, and then I told Dan to watch Terror in the Isles because they they showcase that scene. It's right before he kills the marshal. When okay. he walks through that glass. Oh, yeah. I love that. To me, that's... If he would have been like that the whole movie, he was really slow, snail-like. Uh, the angles weren't good. Like I love that scene in the first movie where he's crossing the street and he's walking basically at the pace of the music and he's coming and he's coming and she's like trying to get like that tension. He's walking fast. He's not walking really slow, mm-hmm. but Warlock plays it differently. But that scene when he's coming into the hospital from the parking lot and he's walking a lot faster than the rest of the movie and then he hits that glass and you're like, oh, he's going to shake the door. It's going to be a whole thing. Boom. Nope. He just walks right through the glass, like mid stride. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That, yeah, that that's a really favorite. That's an awesome yeah. scene. And that's where he looked the most like the original Myers, face shape wise. I yep. don't know how he was carrying his face, like if he had his mouth open a little bit or if he duct taped his head or whatever. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the mask fit him very well at that scene. I didn't like seeing his eyes, though. Oh, my gosh. And just the closed eyes thing, guys. Like, yeah. light the but, scene. You, you're spending money on all this stuff. Light, light but it. But think, think about how terrifying it would have been when he killed the second nurse with the scalpel. And you don't see his eyes. Like, to me, the, all the scenes where he's doing the deaths and he's, like, wide-eyed looking at the person he's killing, a lot of the scariness of the Nick Castle... Myers was that you can't see his eyes. Friend of the show, Nick Castle. It's just yeah, it's just that that blank face, that emo- I, that motionless face. I agree because if you listen to Doctor Loomis explain it, there is no there's no humanity yeah. left. You show the eyes, you're showing he's a human. Exactly. Yeah. So I I agree. And he doesn't have that weird eye in the second one like he did in the first, where he took the hanger to the eye. Like there's, it's, it's the same night, right? Right. It's Didn't he? Night. Well, you know, he's he's a different. He's got like a he's, Wolverine he's, healing he's immortal. powers. Yeah. <laughs> I have fundamental problems with the way this movie treats Michael Myers, and it goes all the way back to the blood and the grass. Hmm. This movie has its cake and eats it too when it comes to who yep. and what Michael Myers is, right? In the first yep. one, there is no blood from Myers. We don't know if he's actually being shot. 
Mm. For all we know, those are blanks, like Knife of Ice, the scene that John Carpenter's ripping off when he does that scene where he shoots him a bunch of times. Maybe they're blanks, you know? Maybe Loomis is in on this. Or, more likely, they're bullets, and he's, he's you know, he's a, a mortal and he's going to die. But then the end of the movie, it establishes maybe he's more than mortal, right? And the scary, echoey, heavy breath and the cut cameras mm-hmm. and where is he? They've got a thing going on, and it's consistent and cool. And then they do this movie, and right away they put blood in. So now he's mortal because he no, has blood. Yeah. But then right away, uh, Loomis's tone has changed. And, they, you know, I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Wait, what? He was human in the last movie. Or right. why were you shooting him? And if he's not human, why is he bleeding? Right. Uh, this movie's a mess. If it guys. bleeds, you can kill it. If it bleeds, you can kill it. He's using the trees. I just don't get... I mean, I know why it happened, right? We, we <laughs> Dude's just trying to hammer a movie out because they want a sequel and he doesn't want to do one. And It's just, man, the problem it's is lazy, if you look at though. this, like if you Friday the 13th Part 3'd right out of this movie, I mean, it would just be further and further. It'd just be Friday the 13th again. Like you mm-hmm. just... Uh, Friday well, might... You know, Friday borrows a lot from Michael for the Jason in part two, but they go their own way and they kind of get a momentum and go. And I feel like well, they, the momentum they they're setting up at the things. end of this is just, it's just like, eh. Yeah. I mean, do I want to go the, there? They, they have all these established characters that you would care about if they get killed. And instead of building on that and using those people as the victims, they just do the Friday 13th thing and they introduce six or seven new people. Yep. That you know are going to be the ones that are bumped off. We don't care about their character. Red we don't shirts. Care about, yeah, they're all a bunch of red shirts. And to me, yeah. that that was that should not be part of the Halloween mentality. And if you are going to do that, then spend the first 45 minutes establishing these people, making me care, and then bump them off. He's not a man. What, since when? He was a kid, like, Two hours ago in movie time. Why is he now a... <sighs> Come on, Loomis. Mm. What the heck, dude? I think you explained it perfectly when you said they have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. And you can't do that. I mean, you can, but it. it I'm going to complain about I it. I mean, they did. It's been but... 40 years. I'm now complaining about it. <laughs> By the way, this movie is 40 years old. Wow. Holy shit. Try not to think about that too hard. Oh, man. A couple of things that we need to just put out into the ether uh, just for George's sake. We're going to plant some seeds for later, maybe, and just some fun stuff. Guys, uh, can we make fun of how bad Annie is at playing a dead body? Annie. The girl from the first one who gets the backhand yeah. weird reverse throat cut. Yeah. Bracket's daughter. Wheel, she gets wheeled out at she's the She's breathing the whole time. Like, she's not holding her breath at all. Like, come on. I know you're married to the costumer or whatever, but can you just just give me 20 seconds of... <gasps> Linda, I'm bleathing again when they're wheeling me out. Ugh. Yeah, we, uh, we Such cut... Such a whiner. I cut yeah. a good chunk of our making fun of her acting from the first oh, episode because, I mean, we were kind of mean. But, dude, hold your breath. Like, it's not that hard. And if you can't She deserves it... it. Have the director shoot from farther away so I can't see you breathing. I don't think I made fun of her acting. I I, I gave her kudos for her death. I thought it was awesome. 
I said, I haven't seen anybody strangled that well in a movie ever. <laughs> well, I think that was really Myers no. acting. <laughs> yeah, I think he really was strangling her. But it's like she she did an awesome job. I was complaining about her whining because she was way too. It old was to talk fifteen like minutes mm. of the podcast that I cut out. Poor Annie. Uh, not yeah. maybe someday on Patreon I'll put the rest out. Uh, now one thing. Uh, for only five dollars a month, you can listen to us complain about Annie's act. We can make fun of all your favorite actors. I'm gonna work on listen. my sales pitch. <laughs> oh man! Hey, uh, did you catch that uh, Garth is in this movie, George? Garth Brooks. Garth. Oh, Garth. I like world. to play. I like make a man. No, I did not notice him. He's the <laughs> assistant of the news reporter at the beginning. He's dressed like Marty McFly. So next time you watch it. Keep an eye out for a guy wearing a, one of those vest things with no sleeves. Okay. And it's it's Dana Carvey. Oh, and, cool. And the uh, boombox from Jason Part 8 is in this movie, too. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the kid's carrying it when uh, he finds out where, uh, when he's walking towards the hospital. And he sees that convenient sign that says, Haddonfield Memorial <laughs> Hospital this way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they go to all this effort to actually put a pretty, I'm not going to say super clever, but like, you know, not overly wrought reason for him to be able to figure out where she's at. And then they follow it up him follow with the, the sign. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? But like... He already drives. We know he drives. Yeah, why doesn't he drive in this one? Why doesn't he steal the fucking ambulance? Change the movie completely. But he's real good at disabling <laughs> vehicles, which is strange. Yeah. Someone must have taught him while he was in here. Now, I live near Haddonfield. I've never seen that sign that says Haddonfield Memorial Hospital this way. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't allow that signage, that town. They'd be like, yeah, no. Not I, have to, I have to say, I do a lot of work in Haddonfield, mm -hmm. a lot of electrical work. This neighborhood looks like Haddonfield. Oh, absolutely does, yeah. Like, straight up. Eventually, we're going to take a trip out to Pasadena, and we're going to stand at that hedge we're gonna measure we're gonna those go walls to, we're gonna go to the house that exists we're gonna go to the myers house we're gonna go to the hedge we're gonna go to the corner house we're gonna sit there with our pumpkin we're it's doing gonna, that shit gonna be fun. we're gonna live feed that shit it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun right there now a little thing for later i'm not gonna go into any detail on this but travis is gonna know why i'm bringing this up at the beginning of the movie uh there's a girl on the phone when she finds out about the murders and then Michael straight up just kills her for no reason. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, she's like a best choice Margot Kidder. Mm. I think that's an intentional choice. I think they cast her for that reason. So Why would they do that? Or I don't is know. that going to come up? So we go put a pin in that? Yeah, just a girl on the phone. Margot Kidder, what's up? <laughs> Could be anything. Totally accidental. Could be anything. Completely an accident. I hear you. Follow the law. The law, la law. Hey, so the opening credits, though, I know we were circling back to the beginning, but guys, that skull is kind of dope. Mm-hmm. You don't think it's going to be a skull, and then pff, it's a skull. Poops right out of that pumpkin. I do like the jack-o'-lantern <laughs> from the first movie. Yeah, this one's kind of weak. This kind of has a weird, goofy face, but the payoff's good. I don't like the synth score, though, man. Not one bit. Well, when I was saying the score is good, I wasn't just talking about the movie. I was talking about the whole... Throughout the movie, all it the, works. All Some the of the synth works. All like the, the sounds that work. sound worked. Like, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the synth worked. But, yeah, I, I don't... I, I know the guy got praised for taking 
carpenter's bones and turning it into that. It was more orchestrated. There was more instruments. Yeah. I liked it at parts, but a lot of it I didn't. I thought it was way too techy. We go back and forth on how we approach these movies because like with the fail-safe Dr. Strangelove thing, you know, there are opportunities for us to like correct history, right? We can fix things in our show that aren't right in the real world. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that I didn't take into account because I wanted you to see how like well, but also kind of mm, half-assed they started right at the beginning of the last movie. The thing I didn't take into account, because I did the same thing to my myself, uh, watched part one last night, part two today. It is jarring to hear, like, especially the music difference, so close mm. together. And like the first one is so satisfying, and the second one is so meh, that like I might have accidentally put you in a precarious position. It, it might have been better if I just said, George, it's been a year, don't watch Halloween. So you'd get a closer Mm. experience to the audience at the time who doesn't have Halloween on VHS, hasn't seen Halloween in two or three years. I wonder if that would have given you a more like genuine 1981 experience. Hmm. No, you fucked up. But you missed the seven shots, so we all fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. And I fell asleep during Deep Red, so yes, we all... Yeah, and I didn't oh, think that the so score was, uh, was bad anyway, even with watching the first one first and then watching the second one, so that it mattered not. I kind of wish I watched Deep Red a while ago because I caught a Scream reference in Deep Red. Oh, yeah? What was it? Uh, the Psychic Woman. Okay. Um, how she uh, oh, interacts with the killer. That's interesting. That's it was interesting. very, very reminiscent mm. of the opening scene of Scream. Mm. She's on the phone. She's mm. got the, the blonde wig. I mean, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's when a, I was watching, I was like, this really f- has a Scream feel. I wonder if they did an um, homage to Deep Red in Scream, and we didn't even know it. Moral of the story, mm. guys, is watch all the Argentos real quick, because they're awesome. <laughs> and they might come up later, and you can be like, hey, I remember this from when Argento did it. And Bava. Watch some Bava. I don't want to put words in Travis's mouth, but I think that he would agree that lots of stuff was borrowed, but I don't think that he would agree that all this is great. <laughs> My issue with the Jollies isn't the stories. It's never the stories. No. Stories my issue good. that I cannot get past is is the acting and the corny dialogue. I can't. And the underwhelming animals. <laughs> oh, the bee. Yeah, Why no. is it not a wasp? It could just be a paper wasp and I give you more credit. It's a bee. <laughs> <sighs> and that's but, not a tarantula. That's no, like a little spider. Story-wise, I don't the, hate them. The, it's just the, the plumage on the bird yeah. wasn't even close to Crystal. It was like a gray bird. Guys, worst news, Cat Nine Tails. I don't even think there's a single cat in the movie. Cat in it? <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. Right? Prime example. The the woman that become the woman that he arm wrestles. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great character. Wonderful mm-hmm. actress. Couldn't stand her. What? Delivery of lines. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure yeah. the character, the story worked, the character works, but her delivery was so... She's no Sharon Stone. She's no Sharon Stone. Well, she's right. dubbed, so it's not her anyway. <laughs> Guys... I understand that. You need to watch these movies in Italian. 
and just get over the nah. subtitles thing. Because then you don't I, have I to. I was watching. I was I, watching listen, with subtitles because I couldn't hear what they were saying I'm even not, in English. <laughs> I'm not against <laughs> subtitles. I'm not. I'm not. But I think that even. They were fast. Like, I'm reading and trying to look up, and I'm like, oh, shit, I just missed everything you just said. Oh, yeah, sometimes that yeah. happens, but you got to- Leave it on screen a little bit. So I'll let rewind. It, let it I'll rewind if you miss something. <laughs> but um, what uh, what Troy was saying, right? Troy? Yeah. Friend Troy. of the show? Troy? Troy Howard. Troy? Troy? Yeah, don't hate Troy me, Troy. Howard. I'm, I'm still Great learning. Um, I'm still learning. What he was saying was that a lot of times they do all of this acting and- and video sh- shooting, and then they dub everything anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I agree. I just think that that method sucks. Yeah, it's not a good thing. It really sucks. But like, it's North cheap. Japan. Like it's I so know, cheap. I know that like you know, holding a boom mic for that long is like a lot of work. But like, I'll it's give really worth it. I'll give five hundred dollars a week to a boom mic guy just to make these movies better. <laughs> I give them five hundred dollars a day. I think the problem isn't the boom mic. I think the problem is the fact that they don't have like well built studios. So even with a boom mic, it would still sound like I was doing this podcast in the middle of traffic. Hmm. It's a shame because I think I, I think it's it. It doesn't suffer to the diehard fans, but it does. It does turn off some people that might not. I think look past that. I think that when you're used to Hollywood. Jolly's just, yeah. The quality just doesn't cut it for you. You have to want it. It's yeah. not going to be there. It's not a low hanging fruit, right? It doesn't present itself in a way that you'll be walking by it and be engrossed right away. You have to put a little work in on the front end, but the payoff is great. And they're but just it's not even really a hatred for it. Like I have the same problem when watching Hammer films. Like there's just something about the seventies. Late 60s, early 70s, the acting style, whether it's Italy, whether it's America, whether it's Australia, if it's porn, if it's kids shows, it doesn't matter. There's something about the delivery of lines that is different. And it's very, it's the same way when you watch like Disney actors. They're taught a certain way. It's almost like watching theater up close. Like they're taught yeah. to over enunciate everything. And that's why and every like, Disney show I was, sucks. Instead of saying, he came up to me and he yelled at me. Like, that's the line. The kid yeah. in Disney is going, and he came up to me and he yelled at me. And it's like, okay. Like, tone it down. Okay, Drake. Just a little bit, yeah. Just All right, Josh. Sim it down now. Just chill out. There's no guy in the back of the room. You're on my TV and I can see your pores. Like, just slow down. Yeah. And I feel the same way about the acting and the jolly, it's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm supposed to feel this way. And you're, like you said, you're leading me, you're leading me with the way you're, you know, whether it's a laugh track or whatever, you're leading me to laugh. These people are trying to lead me to terror or lead me to suspicion. It's very insulting. And they're doing it in, in, in an obnoxious way and it turns me off. It's insulting to my intelligence. And I know it has a lot to do with the dubbing. Because I have the same problem with a lot of the spaghetti westerns. Like I just, I, it's it's just overacting, and I I it doesn't sit well with me, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, fair enough. I like that that you at least admitted that the stories are good. Yeah, because I I tend to agree. 
And I think that Dan's right too. Like, and the film work is good. You have to. It's obviously being borrowed and used yeah. and inspired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so think Dan. I, I think Dan's right. Like, you can't. You gotta want it. You gotta like want to like it and like get into it. I mean, I don't know. I, I think this the story is the most important thing. Right. And then I think the visual is the second most important thing. And so the the jollies generally have both of those generally except for when it comes to the animals the good one the ones i've shown you are the good ones uh in terms of cinematography and stuff like that i've i've liked the imagery i've liked other than a lot of the blood is but (laughs) it looks like like halloween too blood the the Uh, blood and the and the uh what are the what do they call that like b-roll footage or whatever like just footage that they borrow oh yeah like that's always terrible I enjoy some of the characters, but it's just to me, I, I I'm the kind of per- I love acting, and if that's bad, it takes me out of it. I hear you. So I, I even if I want, it's I equate it to like opera or or Shakespeare. Like you watch good Shakespeare, it makes you want to cry. Yeah. But if it's done bad, you want to cry. It also makes you want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's the same thing with an opera. You can watch something and not understand a word they're saying, but know exactly what's happening. Yeah. But if it's bad opera, improv's the same way. Good improv, you want to watch it for 10 hours. B- bad improv, you want to get up five minutes into it. You want to so stab yourself in the eye with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> no one was expecting it. Yes, and... Yikes. Hey, uh... <laughs> Yes and yikes. That's the rule of, uh, of improv, right? Yes and. Yes. Oh, we're doing this? Yes. And yes. here's my addition never, to make it better. Yes. Your stupid idea no. that I'm not saying no to. I'm instead <laughs> just going to say yes. yes. I get improv. Speaking of improv, George, are you ready for week number two of your 2021 fall break? Yes. And where do <laughs> Although we, he did watch three movies this week. <laughs> where do we go from here, George? We've watched Halloween and Halloween 2. I think I already, I already mentioned it. Oh. Michael goes to hell. Uh, Halloween. This is the only logical. the one where he jumps bodies. Halloween. the only logical uh, progression from here. Halloween 3, Michael goes to hell. Yeah. No. Uh, no. As I said earlier, uh, this show gives us an opportunity to correct history. The Halloween timeline, we'll go into it more as the fall break goes on. Uh, Where Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street have a momentum, and they may not always know where they're going, but they know where they've been, and so they kind of figure it out as they go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Halloween movies didn't ever establish that kind of momentum. So your next movie is... Halloween, H two O, from nineteen ninety eight, the twentieth anniversary. Twentieth anniversary of nineteen seventy eight. Twentieth anniversary. So, so I'm not watching three. You are watching seven, Halloween seven. Oh my god! There's that many Halloween. There are going to be thirteen Halloweens next year. They're going to beat Friday the Thirteenth to number thirteen. Isn't that hilarious? That's a shame. But that's cheating because some of them really are reboots but yeah, and it, stuff. It, so it's it, not like there's 13... a lot of weirdness going on. But there yeah. are there are twelve as of this October. They're not in succession. Let's put it that in way. In a couple of okay. uh, this 
episode launches October 6th. So like a week and a half from when people are listening to this episode, there's a Halloween, the 12th Halloween movie. But releasing, yeah. We are going to watch Halloween 7 H2O. All right, sounds good. Thank you for joining us on the first edition of the 2021 Fall Break with the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. You can view that meme on our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash Remedial Film Pod. And of course, if you are listening to this on a standard podcast app, you can find us also on YouTube. And heck, if you're listening to this on YouTube, we're also available on every podcatcher, podcast, RSS feed app you can think of. Join us next week as we watch the third movie in the original Laurie Strode trilogy, Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O.